0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Bulls the Tap. not the the the
1: the 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 I am your boy, Buzz, and I'm joined by my dude, Goose, a.k.a. Bulls Scripted, and we are here after a 119-107 victory over the Detroit Pistons. A little house cleaning. Be sure to go to OnTapSportsNet.com for all your Chicago sports literature and podcasting needs. Also, be following us on Twitter at BullsOnTap, at Bulls Scripted for my dude, Goose, at Buzz on Tap for me, and as a company, at OnTapSportsNet. Also... Be sure you're checking out Thrive Fantasy. It's a cool and tough new DFS app for prop bets. Use promo code ONTAP and once you deposit your first $10, Thrive will give you an additional $10. So grab a beer, crack 'em and enjoy a more convenient way to play DFS. Goose, we won, man. We won and it was a fun game to watch too. 119-107. Initial thoughts. Let's get into it.
0: Initial thoughts. The first 3 quarters still kind of gave me chest pains. <laughs> I mean, part of that has to come from the fact that Larry Markman only played 13 minutes in the first half. He finished the game with under 30 minutes played in total, which is kind of weird because the Bulls don't play again until Monday.
1: Then they have a long layoff, don't they, after that?
0: No, yeah, they don't play until Saturday. Right. From Monday. So... It's definitely not a resting situation. Uh, I haven't wa- watched the post game comments or anything, so I'm sure Jim will be asked why it was that Lowry played so minimally once again, since that is everybody's favorite question as of late.
1: Um, I'm wondering. I'm wondering if Jim just didn't play Lowry as much tonight because Marcus, or w- which Morris is it? It's Marcus, right? Or is it Markeef?
0: It's Markeef.
1: It is Markeef. I'm sorry, Markeef Morris is a little bit harder of a uh, of a defensive guard for Lowry than it would be Thad Young. Now I'm wondering if that had anything to play into the decision tonight for that because I mean Morris played 37 minutes, bro.
0: Lowry actually looked good defensively tonight, though.
1: Yeah, he didn't look. No, I agree with you. He didn't look bad. Like,
0: no, I mean, and they were ultimately leaving Morris. He's not usually. That dead eye from deep. I mean, he's a solid three-point shooter for a stretch four big three kind of guy. Uh, in terms of that, he's a solid shooter, but he's not a good shooter in general. He's the kind of guy that, in your defensive scheme, you game plan to leave open. I um, mean, he did hurt us tonight, but I I can't justify Lowry playing under thirty minutes in a non-back-to-back game with a. Pretty long vacation in terms of a basketball season coming up. Like,
1: I agree. I'd like to see been,
0: him play more than that. But I mean, I dad's been struggling. Lowry's supposed to be your number two, right? He's got to be closer to forty minutes a game than thirty.
1: I, like, I I agree. I mean, I would like to see Lowry thirty four to thirty six minutes somewhere in there. That's where I'd like to see I
0: mean, him averaging. Um, even if you get him thirty two, like th- cool, but. I mean, and I don't have the box score pulled up, but from what I watched, I feel like Archie played more than Valentine again. I don't think Denzel took a shot tonight. I mean, the one shot he took was arguably a pass. I don't know.
1: (laughs) Uh, Archie only played six minutes tonight, man. He had three points. He drilled a three. That was a good
0: three. I'll give him that. That was a pretty clutch three.
1: And then uh, Valentine played 11 minutes. 0 for 2 from the field. 0-for-1 from downtown. So I think they're giving that layup that bounced off the backboard to Gafford. I think they didn't give that an assist. I think they gave that a, uh, a miss shot. No, yeah. well, well,
0: one three-point attempt, zero assists. That that would confirm that. And that was a horrible-looking attempt at a layup. Um, I, 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 I don't know. I want to give Denzel the benefit of the doubt. I hope he wouldn't take a shot like that because he wasn't chucking tonight. But at least Gafford was there to clean it up because that was a pretty big play, too.
1: I agree. I agree. So in the first half, Bulls are obviously down going into halftime. They're outscored 28-25 in the first 31-28 in the second. Maybe Jim gave a rah-rah speech or something. Nah, the the Pistons
0: run (laughs) back-to-back.
1: Yeah, no, I know. They're coming from back-to-back. No D-Rose, no Blake Griffin. We know the storyline, but Bulls come out in the third quarter and drop 40. What did you see in that fourth quarter, man? I, I, I'll i tell you what, Sato started the game off strong. Chris Dunn's defense, though, in the, <laughs> in the third and fourth quarter, I think just really set the tone. And, of course, Kobe White catching absolute fire.
0: No, yeah, Kobe found his stroke tonight after getting pulled for two quick turnovers as the ball handler with the second unit and I was glad to see him kind of come back into his own in the role that he excels at currently, which is kind of an off-ball shooter pushing in transition and taking the open shots when we're there. So, it was really nice to see him come around. He's been struggling as of late. Somehow he finished as a negative 10 on the night. Um, Most of the bench did, though. Only the starters were positive, so... I mean, take that for what you will. The starters have been playing better together. I think Sato, as you have pointed out, is kind of starting to find his role here, doing a little bit of everything. So, that's positive. Zach, well, we really got to touch on this. Because if Zach... you I
1: to bring up that he's a closer shit again, dude, I'm done with the podcast, all right? I'm done with it. Because... You're done with it. Yeah, because everybody knows Zach Levine is in a closer. I'm good. I'm good. So he's not he, he's a closer.
0: He he's not a closer? Alright, well that's not where I was actually going. Oh uh, I was trying I was go... trying to
1: lob that one up there for you, man, because I loved the uh, <laughs> I loved the other no. night when we did it. No.
0: <laughs> if you think he's not a fucking closer, you're stupid. Uh, and <laughs> simple. But uh what we've seen at least the last two games, it could be more than that. Um it's getting to the point where it's consistently noticeable is Zach is starting to make the right plays despite only having five assists to five turnovers tonight which kind of evens out he is starting to make the right plays even in the moments where in deep down in his heart he wants to be the hero and he is learning how to make the right plays and we're starting to see it more consistently and that is Fucking
1: fantastic. Well, that's something that Stacey King touched on tonight, too. They showed the Toronto game on December 9th when Zach, you know, broke baseline. I still say, I, re- I, re- I remember you and I recording right after that game. I still say if he would have tried to get that ball to Gafford uh, where his angle was, that it would have been a turnover. I'm, I'm still sold on that. But regardless, yeah, w- whatever. Like You know, Stacey was like, oh, you should have found Gafford here. They show the shot attempt, and they show him miss it, right? And then they go back to the last game that we just played, The other night where we won in just emphatic fashion where Zach found Wendell Carter Jr. in the paint, you know, drove to the paint instead of, you know, instead of, um, you know, taking the shot, he dished it off to Wendell for an easy layup. You know, Zach's learning. People forget that Zach is young. People also forget that he hasn't really gotten, I mean, yeah, he's been in the NBA for a minute here, but he had Tibbs for a little bit, but Tibbs' time in Minnesota was just garbage, and he had Fred yep. and, okay. and Boylan. I mean, the guy has, I mean, he's coming into his own as not only a man, but as, a, as an NBA player.
0: And He I, has not had two consecutive seasons, full seasons, with the same NBA head coach.
1: Right, and that's and a problem. You know, that's, that's a real issue for players, and I don't think people talk about that enough.
0: No, they don't. And the fact that he's criticized so heavily about where he is in his progression, considering the fact that, he never even had the chance to be a first option until he came back from an ACL injury. He was drafted in the same year as Wiggins. Coming in, he was second fiddle. Shortly after, they got Cat. Soon enough, he was third fiddle.
1: Right. You know, I mean, it, so,
0: I, I just... So that changes your timeline.
1: Right. I agree. I agree. And I, I just... You know, and like when I tried throwing that lob up to you today, I mean, look look when the chips came down to it. Zach hits a big three again, you know, just to kind of get the Bulls' offense back into motion. And then he gets fouled and he gets to the line again. I mean, Zach is doing it at the end of games. I mean, his stat line is fantastic tonight. It's just absolutely fantastic. He played a great game. Zach, 33
0: had, points on 15 shot attempts.
1: Right. I mean, that's good shit right there. I believe he had five assists as well. Am I wrong or am I correct?
0: Zach had fives just about everywhere yeah, across the board. Yeah, 33, 5, and 5. Five assists, five rebounds. Oh, five turnovers. Five, numbers, five three-pointers made, five of seven. Um, So he just had fives all over tonight. Yeah. But it was plus a very 20. efficient game outside of the turnovers. He was a pl- – yeah, exactly, plus 20. Um, And like we alluded to, he was making the right plays until the fourth quarter – He was really just kind of, you know, lurking in the weeds there, waiting for his moment. And when that moment came, he didn't falter.
1: I I agree 100%. I mean, Wendell Carter Jr. did a pretty decent job here tonight as well on uh, Andre Drummond. I I loved every bit of that. Um, You know, it was really nice to see because I'm not going to lie to you, dude. When we went into the game tonight, I was pretty much, you know, sitting there, talking to one of my buddies, I was like, ah, oh, man, I was like, Wendell's going to fucking fall out of this game. You, you know, because that's what I was thinking. He's going up against Drummond. We know how, like, Drummond likes to bang in there, fight for offensive rebounds, gets nitty and gritty on the glass. I was thinking it was going to happen, but Wendell contained him real well tonight, and then again, what we touched on a little bit, but Sodoronsky, man, you said, like, you know, he's finding his his footing. I like him in the starting lineup with Chris Dunn, but you know where I like him even more? In that second unit with Kobe White. I feel like he gets Kobe going. I feel like him and Kobe yep. play well together. I, I need we to look saw that the stats at the practice.
0: That. We saw that at the practice before preseason.
1: You're absolutely right. We did. I think that was something that we both... Yeah, you noted that. They played well in that second unit together. And obviously that's when everybody was healthy. You know what I mean? So like we got to see everything. Obviously we don't have Otto Porter Jr. or Hutch right now.
0: But... So, but you bring up a great point. That's going to be a tough decision to make, if and when Otto Porter comes back this season, right. or even if Hutch comes back this season. Do you go with Dunn, Levine, Hutch to kind of, you know, sandwich Zach with two really good defenders, and let Sato and Kobe run that second unit? Sato, Kobe, Denzel, Thad, and Gafford. That's that's kind of scary second unit.
1: I agree with you on that. And, th- and see, that's the thing. Like, I mean, obviously we'll get a little bit more into the game, but we kind of branched off into this. I want to talk about this for a minute because, like, hypothetically say, okay, we get OPJ back, all right? Say he comes back. I I am honestly, honest to God, I'm having a hard time taking Chris Dunn out of this starting lineup. And you know I've been a Dunn homer forever. Like, and I maybe a little bias is coming out. I'm trying not to. I re- I'm really trying to be serious about it. I'm having a hard time taking Dunn out of this lineup because I feel like Chris Dunn has finally accepted who he is as an NBA player. Because if you remember when he got here and those awkward interviews, I mean, me and you would text about this. We would talk about this before Bulls on Tap was even a thing. Like that interview they all did with Shanowski, where they were like, oh yeah, I'm a leader. I'm a leader. I'm a leader. Like Levine, Markin, and Dunn said the same shit. And I'm just kind of sitting there at the time watching the TV like, oh God. There's going to be some in here. Something's not going to gel. And obviously we saw it not gel last season a little Before bit. Before
0: you get further, out of those three names that she just named, who do you think is the biggest leader out of those three? <sighs> it's no, yeah, I, I, no, I had to touch on that because I felt that it, was. It,
1: it's, it's hard. But if I have to, when the game is on the line, it's got to go to Zach.
0: No, Zach's, Zach is your go-to guy. But leader, I honestly, I think Chris Dunn is a bigger vocal leader on both ends of the floor than Zach Levine.
1: You see, I see where I see where you're going with it, and I I, can, I guess I can agree with that. But where my point was coming is, I think that here here take this take this into consideration. So here we'll throw it off in that. So yeah, Dunn could probably most likely might be the leader, but I think that he curbed his expectations of what a leader really is. And I think that accepting his role and how he has now is trying to be a, facilitate, a facilitator and just that dog on defense and then getting it going and making the right decision, not only with the ball, but with his shot selection. I think that's put him over the edge. And I love him with Zach now. I don't know how you feel. We haven't talked about this yet. But I – because remember, everybody was saying, well, they can't play together. I mean, I think we both came into this season saying, uh, you might want to leave Dunn on the bench because of this reason. Him and Zach just don't – they don't play well together. Ever since Dunn's gotten to the starting lineup since the OPJ injury, yeah, we've had some tough games, don't get me wrong. But him and Zach play well together. And I think with Dunn accepting his role and being that dog and doing the nitty-gritty, I mean, I can't can't move him out of the starting lineup. I, I just can't.
0: So, no, and you got to take all this into effect. Chris Dunn had the keys to this Bulls car while Zach Levine was out with the ACL. And to an extent, even when Zach came back, since he was limited in minutes initially, uh, wasn't playing back-to-backs, was sitting out some games, Chris Dunn was the driving force behind this team. He was the most clutch player on the team, um, probably the best two-way player on the team. And then you add in the expectations that have always kind of carried over him of being a top five pick in the NBA draft. He was expected to be a star. Right. So then you have Zach come back, and some of the numbers would have suggested at times that Chris Dunn was a more efficient, effective player to have running your team than Zach Levine.
1: Right, I can agree with that. I definitely can agree with that.
0: So his acceptance of his role now, like you pointed out, is definitely a key factor in what we're seeing from Chris Dunn. I'm sure the fact that it's a contract year contributes as well, but I think Chris understands his role here, and I I'm not I, I'm half and half on it. I could see where Sato off the bench makes a lot more sense, um, especially when you have Lowry and Zach as your offensive weapons surrounding them with great defensive guards, wings, and Dunn and Hutch or OPJ if we get him back, which could make or break the season like it has to this point. But um, that might be the way to go. I'm Like I said, I'm torn on that one. though.
1: It's hard. Like I said, I mean, you know, like I'm not, like I told you, I'm like not like, oh, Dunn needs to start, and this is how it needs to happen. But I'm more along the lines of like, goddamn, dude, I'm having a rough time trying to make a decision here. And... I just feel like since Dunn's been in the starting lineup, everybody around him's gotten better. I feel, I, 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 feel that way. I know it's two games in a row we've won. I know we've had some rough times besides that, but just the way Dunn plays, it just there's something. I think
0: Carter's been the most consistent overall this season. I,
1: I, I agree with you wholeheartedly, and i even, I even think that Dunn has made Sato better. And, and I mean Sato, like I think he's finally starting to get it. Like you said earlier, you know he's starting to find his own, you know his own footing here, but. I mean, damn, dude, like it just I'm not gonna get over the top here because I did this on a lot of socks on taps when we would when we would do something. You know, I'm not gonna get too over the top. We beat Detroit. These are teams that yeah, like we should beat.
0: Don't get crazy. <laughs> yeah. You got Orlando and the Hawks, which are two games we should win, but then we have the Jazz, the Celtic a oh, Bucks, Jazz, Celtics. So we need these next two.
1: Oh, 100%. 100%. And I will say because one thing about this like jazz game.
0: One of
1: those three. One thing about this jazz game. Eh, I hope we fucking kill them. Because I just want Zach to eat Donovan Mitchell. Because I am so sick of everybody saying... Like, have you ever looked at their numbers side by side?
0: Oh, I tweeted that out last year. Did you? Um, oh, did you really?
1: I must have missed yes. it. Yeah, because... yeah. I, if,
0: I, <laughs> I put that out in the Twitter sphere. I mean, I put it next to Booker and... A couple other people as well, but Mitchell in Levine has always kind of bothered me because Mitchell fell into a great situation as a rookie, was four-year college player, I believe, four-year? I know he's older, uh, three or four years at Louisville. But, um, so no, I always found that that comparison, it just... It always bothered
1: me. It bothers the shit out of me. I just hope Zach eats his ass up. But, I mean, as far as anything else in the game that just passed here today.
0: No ass eating, please.
1: You always go ass to mouth. Clerks, too. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm going to watch that now after we get done with this. I love that movie. Um, but everything else tonight, man, I, just a good performance all around for the starters. Uh, Kobe White, again, super hot off the bench, leading all bench scorers in the entire game with 19 points. Um, yeah, I, I just... Let's move on to the next. We're gonna get to this. Uh, gonna get to this next game here when the Bulls on Monday, December twenty third, travel to Orlando to play the Orlando Magic, who are twelve and seventeen. Bulls are now twelve and nineteen. Is that correct? Are they twelve and nineteen now? That,
0: that is correct. Yeah, they're twelve.
1: And,
0: and, uh, 19. Yeah. And, and I did the math on my calculator device. Uh, if the Bulls win the game. They will take the eighth seed by a point zero six.
1: Dang.
0: advantage.
1: Dang. It's getting hot and heavy. Well, according to the matchup predictor, my friend, the Magic have a seventy point eight percent chance to win this game on Monday.
0: So I have to deposit some more money on Bovada.
1: Yeah, that's what it's looking like, my friend. I'm sorry. That is what it's looking like. Shit. So obviously the Magic have a pretty young, talented roster. I mean, you know they're they're very, they're a young team. They have um, Aaron Gordon, Jonathan Isaac. Uh, they still have Vucevic, who's a motherfucking beast constantly. Evan Fournier. But another a guy to bring up. There's actually two former Bulls on that bench as well, and Michael Carter Williams and D.J. Augustine. But a guy to bring up that has turned it around is starting to find his footing, is former number one pick, Markel Fultz. Somebody to keep an eye on. He's very young. He's very athletic. Um, I'm sticking Chris Dunn on him, period, because, you know, Dunn will clamp his ass up where he won't be able to play his game and get into the paint. But uh, that's what we're looking at. That's what we're looking at. They played the- – I gonna make him forget
0: how to shoot again.
1: <laughs> yeah, he might. He might fucking make him forget how to shoot again. But that's what we're looking at for Monday, man. So, yeah, it's a, it's a big game to win because, you know – there's a lot of things that were floating around on Twitter today about the Bulls making the playoffs. If that's, if that's something that Bulls fans actually want because the Eastern conference is so terrible, there's one way I want it, bro. There's one way I want it. I don't want to get in there on a casualty with like 34 or 35 wins. If we see the team really turning around and this young team starts playing hard and winning games, they're supposed to and being competitive games, they're supposed to get their ass whipped. That's when I want to see them make it. It'll be a learning experience for them. Um, But, I mean, shit, man, let's just let's just enjoy the ride as we get there. I mean, you got anything to add about this Magic game?
0: Uh, I'm kind of excited for the Wendell-Carter-Vucevic matchup. I do think that that's a good matchup for Wendell. I Size-wise, Vuce isn't an overpowering center. He's got more of a finesse game to him with a slight lack of athleticism. I think this is a game that Wendell should probably be able to feast in a little bit. Um, on the playoff front though I want to make the playoffs the Bulls are the only Chicago team that makes the playoffs for a 2019-2020 season I'm with it I don't care if it's 35 wins right now in the West Portland holds the 8th seed at 13-16 and 16. the bottom half of the West isn't at least at this point much stronger than the bottom half of the East I would rather get spanked by the Bucks and pick fifteenth than finish twelve, thirteen, fourteen. Pray for lottery luck and get bent again. Um, <laughs> I think it would be a defining step for this team. It would probably mean Boylan is back, which will hurt. Um, but maybe he learns too. I don't.
1: You see, I was going to say that, but I stopped myself from saying that because, again, that that's just me talking shit and getting far ahead like I did on these socks on taps. I'm not – I, I, I don't know, but, like – I'm set in stone with him, bro. I'm set in stone with him, Goose. I, I I am where I am with Jim Boylan. I have talked no, too much shit I, I about him go gone. now. I,
0: I, want him, I want him gone, long gone. Uh, I know it won't happen this season, and obviously if the Bulls do make a playoff push, it probably won't happen – in the offseason, though it probably should if coaches like Tony, Schneider, and uh, maybe a few others become available and don't pick up extensions. I just... I want the playoffs. I don't care if it means Jim stays. This core going from 22 wins last season trying to lose or not to being a playoff team in any capacity is a win for me. And that's what I wanted coming into the season. Even with the nonsense that we've endured with shit rotations decisions and all that from the head coach uh if the team and the coach can grow together and bring it together and close out the season i'm for it
1: yeah i'll jump off that plane with you i'm with you on that oh if that's all you got brother that's all i got everybody thank you for uh listening i just did want to take a shout out here we have released today will be i think the 31st episode um, I'm pretty sure, something like that. And we are already over uh, 3,200 listens on this podcast, so thank you guys very much for listening, tweeting at us, and all that good shit. Really appreciate it. Uh, be sure to go to ontapsportsnet.com for all your Chicago sports literature, podcasting needs, following us on Twitter, at Bulls on Tap, following Goose, at BullsScripted, following me, at Buzz on Tap, and following at OnTapSportsNet. We'll be back Monday. Yeah, you, you around Monday? Because I know it's Christmas Eve the next day. Are you around Monday?
0: I am off of work Monday. Um, I won't be able to have any gin because I work at 8 in the morning Christmas Eve. But I will be available Monday.
1: Perfect. All right. Well, we will be back Monday after the Bulls against the Orlando Magic. Thank you, everybody, for joining Let's go Bulls. Chicago.
0: Chicago. My city, my city, Chicago